0: 954 589 2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna and Levine, accident attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident any personal injury slip and fall motorcycle car accident bike anajar and levine accident attorneys 800-747-3 that's 800-747-3733 title sponsors from day number one no before day number one of Zazlo show 2.0 my guys mark anajar glenn levine ellie anajar All right, welcome to another edition of It's Still Real to Me. It is a bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me, Zaslow Show 2.0. Glad to have you aboard, however you're listening to us. Jonathan Zaslow here, of course. My pal is Joey Levin, and we're giving you an extra episode this week. Hopefully, you listened to yesterday's episode. If you did not, you could totally go back and listen. Did the regular, you know, weekend review in pro wrestling and gave you a little bit leading up to AEW Full Gear, and that's why we're here today, all right? We're up early again this morning to give you a Full Gear reaction. I think that's the way we're probably going to go about this, Joey, where... You, you know, when we were trying to figure out how to do the show, we, we we had to settle on a day, and it was tough coming up with a day, and we figured, all right, F it. Let's just do Saturday. Okay, we'll do Saturday. We'll do a weekend review. Okay, but how are we going to handle pay-per-views? I think this is probably the way we're going to handle pay-per-views. We're going to do the regular show on Saturday. When the pay-per-view is Saturday night, it's easy enough. We're going to bang out an episode uh, on Sunday. We'll give you an extra episode. So the way it goes down, probably once a month because of WWE schedule. You're going to get an extra episode and, you know, whenever AEW does their shows, which essentially is quarterly, we're going to give you an episode there as well.
1: Yeah, when AEW does, pay, we'll give you pay-per-views and also premium live events, whatever you want to call it. Premium live events, whether you call it a pay-per-view, if you're traditional, or if you're if you're new school and you call it a premium live event, then we'll do it after that too.
0: Did you, now we're going to start with the big story, all right, from last night, which of course was the main event. Overall, did you enjoy last night's
1: show? Oof. You're starting off with the with the heavy, with the hard hitting questions. Did you um, enjoy last night's show? I'm conflicted about last night's show, but I I th- I think overall I enjoyed the show. I'm I'm actually still processing whether or not I enjoyed the show. But overall there was enough good in the show that I think yes, I enjoyed the show.
0: I I I I enjoyed the show. I didn't think it was a great pay-per-view. I enjoyed the show. I I never don't enjoy the show. I mean, whenever either company puts on a pay-per-view, it's it's there's nothing to not like overall. You're going to find enough stuff that you like. There's going to be enough stuff that you enjoy. I mean, for me... Well, especially
1: when the show is seven hours long.
0: Yeah, yeah. I You know, such a huge part, especially when you go to pro wrestling, such a huge part of the show is the crowd, is the crowd involvement. It's one of the things that drew me to AEW. All right, because I, I was a holdout with AEW for a long time. All right, I'm I, I grew up a WWF kid, not an NWA kid, not a WCW kid. I drew, I grew up a WWF kid, so I'm always going to be super loyal. And it took me a long time to jump on board with AEW. But one of the things that drew me to AEW was damn, That crowd is so hot, and and I want to be a part of that. And I want I want to I want to I want to be there. And I want to watch on television and feel the crowd too. the crowd is such a huge part of the enjoyment factor with pro wrestling and WWE has done a good job. I mean, it happened really over the last uh, uh, year or two where WWE started to scale back the length of their premium live events. AEW is going to, I mean, I know they only do these pay-per-views quarterly essentially, but they're going to have to find a way to scale back. Joey,
1: including the pre-show last night there were 13 matches it's too long and, and in the in in the post uh event media scrum tony khan said he wants to figure out how to get more people on the shows
0: yeah it's too it's the crowd is dead like i'm checking on twitter in the middle of the show am i the only one who thinks that the crowd is dead the crowd was dead by mid-show and yeah. i don't blame I mean- him
1: yeah, I mean, look, you. I know you've been to a lot of, I know you've been to a few Manias. I went to Mania for the first time, WrestleMania for the first time in the oh, one the, the one right before COVID. The Kofi Mania.
0: New York, yeah. Where,
1: and where Brock opened up and Kofi ended. And look, we got there, we were hot, man. Brock opens the show, but by the end, you're just dead. Yep. You're dead in a seven. Like, it was so long. And that's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And look, I get it, AEW. It's That's quarterly. also why it's
0: great that they made WrestleMania now two nights. Totally the right
1: move. Yeah, COVID kind of changed things for them. They got to experiment with things, and they started doing two nights, and, and they've kept the things that worked, obviously got rid of the things that didn't. And I understand where AEW's coming from, that it's quarterly, so they want to make the shows feel big, but man. We live in this shotgun
0: social media society now. You can't have a four-hour show and come into the media scrum at the end of the night, talk about how you want to make it longer. Now but but I will say this.
1: Right that well that for sure because when I saw that I was like what what are we talking about dude? Like you just had a 7 hour show. Like or uh, I guess starting it start pre-show started at 7 it ended so five at 5 hours. 5 That's hour hard. show but it felt like 7 too long. I mean, and and part of it and we can discuss this is the booking or the or I guess not necessarily the booking because the booking is the matches but the way it was stacked, right? I think they did a few of the matches disservices in their placement on the card. And that probably added to like what I think, but the first two women's matches got completely buried being after the elite and after Jericho's ring of honor match. I just think the crowd was so hot. You bring the elite back in the second match of the night and then you have Jade Cargill. It just, the crowd was, I mean, they, they were, how can you not? We'll talk about the elite. The show is about that. That crew, the company is different when they're around. The energy in the room is different when that crew is around. And they come back. And then you have a title match right after with, with the with the TBS title. Yeah, and you're going you to have
0: some type of come down match after those guys are out there. And the come down match ended up being the TBS title.
1: Right. And then you follow that up with the four-way title, the Ring of Honor match, which was awesome. Then you follow that up with Pages. Mat, first match back. It's interesting. Looked, Each you, you women's
0: know. match was a come down match.
1: Yeah, and, and then the third one
0: with Tony Storm and Jamie Hader, which was my favorite part of the night, uh, was after the TNT
1: title match which, with which, Joe which Wardlow what, and Hobbs. Which I didn't love the ending, but I thought was a great match.
0: Yeah, yeah. All three women's matches were essentially come down matches. I didn't even notice that. You're right. That's interesting. Um, okay, let's let's get to the big story. All right, from last night, the big story from last night is obviously the main event, all right? And MJF wins the AEW world title. Top Jew now, top Jew. AEW's got a Jewish world champion. Kyrie is so mad. Moxley (laughs) loses to MJF last night. Uh, We start out... the Now, going into the fight, I thought Moxley was going to win. I did. But overall... I, I think the I think the mo is you got to find a way if Mox if, if MJF's going to win, you got to find a way for him to win, but keep him heel, because he went into that match babyface and essentially he played the whole match babyface, and you can't have MJF the MJF era MJF's title reign. It needs to be as a heel and it needs to be as the guy that we've seen for the last few years. So to me, going into it, Joey, the key was, okay, he could be a babyface in this match, but if you're going to give him the title, he's got to come out of this match a heel because the MJF era, the MJF world title reign, it can't come as a babyface.
1: I agree. And I we 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 talked about this yesterday briefly when we were talking about the week and we were talking about his promo afterwards of whether we bought the this right. whole gimmick, the right. shtick, what was right. going on with him. And we were both kind of like, I don't know if I buy it. And I, I think I mentioned that's I like, I think I mentioned the firm maybe coming out and doing something. But I mentioned, is. yeah, but I, but I mentioned like, I feel like something's going to happen here where he's ends up winning or he ends up still a major heel now. But I But I'll say this. I still don't think he's a heel. Like, I still think the crowd loved it. I think the crowd because. In the match, the crowd turned on Moxley very quickly. They yeah, but MJF's going to
0: change- is gonna rectify that on Wednesday night. The crowd loving it, like you get him on the microphone and and the crowd's eating out of the palm of his hands. Like he's going to rectify that situation himself.
1: Yeah, but isn't it isn't it sort of to the point with MJF, kind of like with Roman, where when you're so good, no matter as you could try as hard as you want to be a heel, the crowd's just going to cheer for you.
0: I mean, we'll see, like, you know, he comes out and, uh, you know, he talks about uh, Brian Pillman's mom should have swallowed, you know, then the, the crowd's going to boot, you know? I mean, he yeah. he has a way with them where he's going to say the right things to make them hate him, you know? So, I I look, it's going to be a testament to how good he is where the crowd wants to cheer for him is he still going to be able to get them to boo him? Like we're going to, we're going to see how good he really is now. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think one way to do that, obviously doing, you know, the, the mic work, but also, and we'll see where he's at, but you, you get, you need somebody like hangman page. You need somebody that the crowd has been behind from day one, that they just love so much that they will hate MJF for running that guy down. Right. So it's not Moxley anymore. Moxley, obviously, now it seems is probably going to take a long break, which he needs, and come back probably full heel. Maybe he'll wear those red sweatpants all the time because that made me hate him. And uh, and we'll see what happens with him. But they need somebody to go up against MJF that the crowd loves more than MJF that they feel a connection to. And maybe, I mean, hangman would be the obvious choice, I think, at the moment, but he's still on concussion protocol or whatever it is. Uh, but Somebody that would help. I
0: mean, I'll to, tell you, to, to uh back. I'll tell you, Jungle Boy comes off a big win. Crowd's not gonna boo jungle boy.
1: If he yeah, I got I, yeah, Jungle Boy. I, I like I don't know if he's there yet. Do you think he's there yet? To well, be, remember, you know, I mean, yeah.
0: he he fought he fought Kenny Omega for the title. What was it like a year and a half ago? Like he's had a world title match, he's been in the picture. Uh crowd's not gonna boo jungle boy.
1: Yeah, I just think jungle boy's gonna get completely destroyed by MJF in any back and forth situation. I just, I, I think he still needs a mouthpiece. Oh, right.
0: The- you're to- okay. So you're, you're talking about from a microphone standpoint. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: I just think like, you know, if you're going to build that as a gotcha. feud, if you're going to build that as a feud, they're going to have to go toe to toe on the mic. And if he doesn't have like Christian as his mouthpiece or, uh, yeah, Christian. because that's how you bring
0: back the heat on MJF. You know, he's going to talk about Luke Perry being dead. I mean, that's how, right. that's how and you I, do it.
1: And yeah, and I actually think they need to lean a little more into him being Jack Perry and start going away a little bit from Jungle Boy. And he actually, in the post in the media scrum, uh, one of the uh, reporters asked him about you know having Jack Perry now part of his name and Jungle Boy, and he said he likes that it's organically becoming more Jack Perry, but he he doesn't mind having Jungle Boy as his nickname because that's what it's always been. But he likes that it's organically being brought into the storyline. So I think the more they lean into him being a real human and not some guy from the jungle, the more he (laughs) can become elevated to like a top of the card status. He's going to have to get rid of those stupid sideburns, which I think will look, look, we're, I'm going to think those are an ode to his father. I know, but they just look, I mean, is that what it is? And do we know Uh, that Dylan McKay had the sideburns? I understand that, but uh, have the announcers ever said that the announcers don't explain shit. So I don't know what is the, is a, the Taz and Tony Schiavone are too busy having their little inside jokes on commentary and not explaining what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, tell me that if they told me that, then I would, I'd be okay with it. But right now it just looks like he has goofy sideburns. Listen, Zazlo showed 2.0 audience. You're going to understand real quick. The aesthetics are everything. to mean, I'm going to call these guys out when they look silly. And I think the, the sideburns look silly. So
0: can we talk for a second here before we talk about everything that took place in the match? MJF comes down to the ring. He asks the woman sitting on the rail, if he can motorboat her boobs. I've never seen anything like that before. (laughs) I I think I missed
1: that. I think I missed. You
0: didn't see him do he, when he's walking down to the ring, there was a woman, tall, blonde woman, big boobs kind of sticking out. He says something to her and he motorboats her. Now, I think we're all assuming that what he said was, can I do it? Can't like whatever. He said something to her and then he totally motorboated her. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like all that.
1: Right, I guess I'm going to have to go back and you watch. You got to go and, back
0: and watch. He totally motorboated. And it wasn't like, did he do that or did he not? It was in plain view for everyone to
1: see. He motorboated this woman with huge boobs. I mean, that's. You can't. How do you go back to being a heel after that? It was unbelievable. You know, that, unbelievable. that's the ultimate. That's like the ultimate face move right there. So. And so, she said, yes. yeah,
0: that's right. Yes. Oh, I assume she said yes. I hope so. Uh, the <laughs> so the, like you said, the crowd was totally against Moxley. And, you know, and like this happened, we talked about this when Soraya and Britt had the first promo back and forth where I think, you know, Soraya was probably a little bit shook with the crowd's reaction to it. The crowd was totally against Mox, and I think Mox is genuinely okay with it. Like, totally good with it. He was playing into it. I don't think – I think a lot of performers, I think a lot of wrestlers can get totally thrown off their game if something like that happens. And I think Mox totally leaned into it and was totally cool with it.
1: Yeah, he – I don't know if it was planned and they kind of understood like this might happen, but he rolled with it. And he, I mean, love he that. was flicking off the crowd. He was, I mean, he was be, He was a straight up heel. The whole, he played the heel almost within the first two minutes of the match. Yeah. He, uh, he, he did a, he did a great job for what they needed to do. Uh, I thought they both came out of the match looking good. And I thought, I think it sets up for him to take some time off and come back as a monster heel monster heel
0: so what's going to be the explanation on Wednesday from Regal like is the Blackpool Combat Club done now Moxley's going to go away for a little bit Regal's obviously not with them and you had I mean look I mean that's what they do because they're fighters but Brian Danielson and and Claudio Castagnoli like they were going against each other they were fighting each other in their match which is what they're supposed to do so is Blackpool Combat Club just over now
1: yeah that's I actually have that in my notes while I was taking notes during the show uh Two things, a little pat on the back, because as soon as uh, Brian Danielson and Claudio started going at each other in that match, I looked over at my brother and I said, oh, so Regal's going to turn on Moxley tonight and Blackpool Combat Club's done.
0: I think it's done. Like, I,
1: I, I, I was just like, I, I think it's done. And I have it in my notes, like, question mark, are they done? But it, I mean, they're only the Blackpool Combat Club because of Regal. Yeah. So uh, they got to be done.
0: Yeah, are any of them from Blackpool? If not Regal,
1: <laughs> I, I, is Regal even from? Yeah, I mean, he is I mean, at right? least like a buy I it.
0: Yeah, like I assume yeah. he is.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but like, yeah, I, I get... they got to be done. First of all, it seemed for the last few weeks that they were done. Uh, Moxley hasn't been associated with those guys for weeks, like like on TV. I haven't seen him do anything. And
0: Wheeler Yuda is like, never around,
1: right? And. They just seem, and and they've had these things back and forth where uh Wheeler went, he he kind of went after Brian Danielson in in a backstage interview, and they were yeah, arguing yeah. with each other. And where's Claudio? And then, all right, so they're done. They they had the segment, yeah, they had the segment at the end of I think it was at the end of Dynamite or Rampage where they were still kind of feuding with Jericho Appreciation Society, and there was a big brawl, and and Moxley never even came out, like they were all brawling with each other. So I just. I kind of figured this is it was heading that way for a while. They're done.
0: Uh I like MJF winning. The show is super interesting now. Wednesday you have to tune in. You have to see what he's going to say. I'm sure he'll lead off the show. Um and now you got a uh you know for for a promotion that I think needed a little bit of a kickstart and and a lot of it has to do with the elite not being around for the last couple of months. Uh now they become really must watch again, right? See, you know, what direction we're going with with
1: MJF as the top guy. Yeah, where do you put MJF right now in, in pro wrestling? I think he's as good a heel as there is. I don't know any ah, other way okay. to put it. But be, besides from heel, heel, face, whatever, like if you were just ranking, let's say your top five, does where is he? Yeah, to he's, me, he's there. To, to me, he's three. Cause, and, and the interesting thing about AEW is that as much as I run them down from time to time and I have issues with their production and their renouncers and this and that, I think they still have the second and third best professional wrestlers on the planet right now in Jericho and MJF.
0: Uh oh and you're not even mentioning Kenny Omega.
1: Well Kenny's been gone for a long time. I mean I I mean as just a professional wrestler and as a character yes Kenny's up there. Mm-hmm. But I just currently the work that they're doing right now. Right. I think Roman I still think Jericho what he's doing is it, it maybe even underrated the work he's doing right now and then MJF so so
0: let's let's go right into the four way then for the Ring of Honor championship with Jericho. So Jericho retains uh the the I mean the interesting parts there you had you had Danielson and Claudio going at it which you knew was going to happen cuz those guys are fighters, all right? But obviously the big story in the middle of the match Jericho throughout the match is oh come help me help me do this help me do this. Don't break up this pin. Stand back right there. And then eventually Sammy Guevara jumps in and now you have the moment, and they're trading blows. The biggest moment for me, I I jumped, I almost jumped off the couch. Sammy Guevara gives Jericho what's the name of his move again? I, I forget the name of the big move that he does. I don't uh, you know, it's kind of like the go to sleep. But the he, shooting?
1: He, are you talking about? Didn't he, he he his his the thing that he does like his
0: yeah his regular yeah. move
1: or off the top rope?
0: No, the the regular. I don't move.
1: know his regular move. I know. He yeah, does a and then he followed
0: style. it with the shooting star. And I thought he was about to win the title in that moment of Jericho. And, and you know what? And look, the crowd hates him. He's so easy to hate Sammy Guevara. But the crowd was into him winning yeah. in that moment. It was going to be a really cool ball. That was the most fun part of the match for me. Uh, but Jericho hanging on to the belt. Anytime Jericho is going to have one of the titles, I think it's good stuff.
1: Yeah, and I, well, I, and I think there's so much work still to do with... so. The Ring of Honor situation to me is still strange. I get it. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, so he has just incorporated all these titles into AEW. Uh, so now there's like twelve active titles. It's there's a lot of titles. It's hard to keep track of all of them. I don't think any of the Ring of Honor titles have any relevancy anymore in AEW, other than the one that's on Jericho. As every match, every match Jericho, last night, but two had a title. It which is. Which is, I mean, I I guess that's cool, but it's also kind of crazy. But I think what he's this whole uh, Ring of Jericho or whatever he's calling it, the his gimmick as the Ocho, him fighting a like he this guy's been wrestling for thirty years, and he has a title match on television every week, (laughs) and it's pretty remarkable. Uh, And this whole gimmick where he every week he fights a former Ring of Honor champion is. Very cool. Yeah, I like it. I think it 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 lends so much uh, relevancy to having the Ring of Honor title even on the show. And they even, I mean, now they already set up his match on Wednesday with another former Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. So it was the right move. But I think based on what we saw, it is leading towards Sammy and him breaking up and Sammy winning the title from him eventually. But Sammy remaining
0: heel. I mean, the crowd hates him. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, not, let's talk about Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill here for me. The only thing I need, I'm a big Jade Cargill fan. I don't love all of her matches, but it's, it's understandable. Cause she's still super raw. She's super young. You see someone that looks like her has that physical ability. You give her a little bit of leeway. Cause you know what she's eventually going to be one day. Uh, I mean, she looks like a million bucks every time she comes to the ring. It's so obvious. She's a big star. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jade Cargo. By the way, great interview. She, I've had her on Zaslow's show before. She's super sweet and an excellent talker. Great interview. Yeah. And she came to the ring. She's Chitara from Thundercats. I don't know. You're a little bit younger than me. Thundercats, my favorite cartoon growing up. She's Chitara at, from Thundercats. She was a dead ringer. It was a great getup. She looked fantastic last night. For me, the only thing that needed to come out of that match, I didn't even need it to be a good match. The only thing that I needed to come out of that match was for Nyla Rose not to be the one who ends the streak. So for Jade Cargill to win there, that's that's good for me. Um, I didn't understand coming out in the low rider. I, obviously, I understand Vicky Guerrero is Eddie Guerrero's wife. Like I, I, I get that, but what hey. does that have to do with Nyla Rose?
1: What, what is Eddie Grow's low ride? Um, Nyla Rose? They, they, well, I when so the whole since Nyla Rose joined up with Vicky Guerrero, they've kind of had this like lie cheat steal kind of gimmick going oh, she on. Stole she stole the, the title. T, she stole the title. She, she's a, she's with Vicky. Vicky's taught her how to have that little bit of like uh do anything to win gimmick. So I I think that it's just like the nod to Eddie everything's a nod to Eddie in wrestling. It's yeah. Like, like oh, right. A,
0: maybe that's part a lot of, of nods what, to Eddie. Maybe that's part so. of what bothers me is not everything needs to be an ode to Eddie Vedder in every Eddie Vedder. It's a Eddie Guerrero in every promotion. <laughs> I, I think that's part of, maybe that's part of what is is. Cause I mean, every time I got Dominic and Ray Mysterio on my screen, we're doing tributes to Eddie Guerrero and look, Eddie Guerrero's amazing. All right. But you know, it, not every week do, uh, do we yeah. need to do tributes to Eddie Guerrero. It was
1: the- yeah, it was the same thing with Sasha. She, every every match she ever had, she's there's so. If you watch, if you go, she's always doing some kind of nod to Eddie Guerrero. Like, I oh, we get it. She, he's your yeah, favorite, right. but yeah, like, every time, every yeah. time. It's uh, I know. There's a lot of nods to Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, um, but no, I think that's what it was. Uh, yeah, my whole takeaway from this match. Well, my two takeaways were the outfit. Big big fan of the outfit. Yeah, Jade, Jade Cargill's outfit. Style. She's she's amazing. Um, I love her. And just that. Again, I think, well, I think, you know, Britt is the top woman in that company. She's the best. Jade is a close second, and they are not giving her, I, they're just not doing anything for her. I, the, they They're not making that title seem super important. They definitely don't play up the streak nearly enough. Like, why have a streak if you're not going to, like, Pump it up. Is like,
0: there, but, is there someone in the promotion right now who you can look at and say, that's the girl who's going to end the streak?
1: No. well, no. Uh, I mean, no, I, I right at the moment, no Brit at some point, like, I don't know what well, I hope. With her. I, 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 I
0: look, I'm a big fan of Brit Baker, but I hope not. like, the whole point in this streak has to be, you're giving that moniker to someone, someone who who can use that forever. Like Brock Lesnar, we could we could argue Brock Lesnar needed it, but Brock Lesnar forever is the guy that broke the Undertaker streak. So whoever they do this with, yeah, but like, like you're gonna be able to save forever.
1: The, but but we, yeah, but we we've talked a little bit about how uh, AEW is. Uh, Showing some signs of being WCW ish, um, and WCW did a really did a pretty poor job of breaking Goldberg's streak. So hopefully, you know, I mean, hopefully there's a plan. But I don't would tell know. you, I don't know how they're going to book it.
0: I would tell you if she didn't win last night, and I, I I thought she would win, and she did. If Jamie Hader did not win last night, I would have said Jamie Hader can be the one to break Jade Cargill's streak. But you know, she just won the title yeah, last night. But so I don't, don't know to.
1: because I. I don't, yeah, I don't know because I just don't think there's a lot of strength in the women's division in AEW in general. I mean, there's only a handful of women who are even pushed the right way, seemingly in that company. And well, I sure, day, right right sur- I sure as shit hope it's not going to be.
0: I sure shit hope it's not going to be Soraya that that breaks Jade Cargo's streak. I can tell you that. What do you make of Soraya and Britt no. Baker there? Uh, I wanted Britt Baker to win. We both knew she wasn't going to win. It was going to be Soraya. Uh, I, I dug how you had Zach Zodiac sitting in the front row. I like that kind of stuff. I like that her brother was there uh, supporting her. You could tell it meant a lot to him. He was into it, you know. So I dug that. They gave you a little bit of background, even if you didn't see the movie. And uh, y- you could see, obviously, it's a big deal for Soraya when she comes down to the ring. Uh, I thought the match was just okay. Um, you know, we, we
1: knew Soraya was... No, winning. it wasn't. I actually don't think you... I didn't think the match was particularly good. And I think Soraya even said after in the post scrum, like Brit carried me. She she like alluded to that. Like she's she looked gassed like two minutes into the match. And, yeah, that hurt. Not? and And I get it. She's been gone for five years. She hasn't wrestled in five years. So that's fair. But yeah, the match wasn't great. It's okay. Um, it was it was what it was. It's I, I they had I guess they had to do it because they built it. I don't think we expected much from this match, did did we really? Well, I, I think the
0: thing that I was surprised about going into this match, it was fairly clear that Britt Baker was doing babyface promos. She was a hundred percent working as a heel in the match, and I was surprised about that. I thought she was like I thought they were heading in a direction where she's going to be a babyface. They're clearly not.
1: Yeah, but, and that also kind of indicates to me that they want Paige to be like one of their top baby faces and they're going to try to force it to, to get us there. I don't know if we'll get there. I just don't, she's going to have to get past this whole. I've been gone for five years and I'm, and I'm nervous on the microphone. She, she, or I, and actually I don't even remember back when she was active. Was she that, was she ever good on the mic? Like, I don't know really. I mean, she was okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, not at first,
0: but she, she was fine. She was fine. Obviously yeah. not at first, but she was fine.
1: Yeah, I'm I just I guess I'm trying to remember if Paige was as big a deal as we're remembering. I just I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't do it for me now. I don't know.
0: Uh let's talk about the acclaimed and swerve and Keith Lee. They break up, obviously. Uh Swerve Swerve likes you know, and and they they made a note of this in the promo leading up to the match. Swerve's all about doing anything to win. You know, Keith Lee's the wrestler. Swerve's the guy who's sneaky, and he's going to do whatever it takes. And that played a big role in the middle of the match. Keith Lee was not having it. Swerve smacks him. Keith Lee leaves and watches the rest of the match on the runway. And I was actually thinking in that moment, because Swerve was trying to hold them off, the two of them, for a couple minutes. And I was thinking, hold up a second. Is it possible? What would happen if Swerve won and then he's got to come back to Keith Lee? Hey, man, we're the tag champs now. You're not going anywhere. Like, I was wondering if that was a direction they were about to go in, but you know, they claimed that would have been
1: interesting, actually. That actually would have been interesting. I, I didn't even think about that. Or could he just like, just can just go like, like hold the titles on his own and just pick partners? Like to figure out who he wants to be. I next. thought it was just gonna be kind
0: of like, yo, I, I own you, man. We got these titles. We're a team. You're not going anywhere, but, but the acclaimed win, uh, the acclaimed are a lot of fun. I don't think, any, you know, matches fun. They yeah. claimed are fun. Everyone loves I, it.
1: Yeah. Dude. Swerve's swerve's finisher. That kick that he does is awesome. Yeah. I know he's always done it. That like jumping side kick, whatever it is, is f- it's fucking cool. Um, Swerve's really good. He's mm-hmm. a great heel too uh this the 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 interesting thing and aw has a tendency to do this from time to time too where it doesn't seem like there's a lot of um continuity in the show because the cheat to win at all costs and the partner not wanting to cheat thing is also what death triangle's been doing and they're also in a tag situation like like, I, I feel like that's not, you wouldn't like you know, book on top of each other like that. It, you know, if there was continuity in the show, it seems like the same gimmick happened twice.
0: I've heard that complaint uh, before that you see the same thing multiple times in the show and that we're, we're clearly not talking to each other backstage.
1: Yeah, that's that's my only like I've if, heard that. Complaint I mean, before. if I guess if you could call it. I guess if you call it an issue, maybe it's an, but it's not a huge issue, but it's just interesting that I've seen it a few times. Um, but, and I will, uh, by the way, I, I know yesterday I was kind of like harping on how a W constantly shoves these older guys down our throats and they did it again last night, but man, Billy Gunn is the best. He is so over and everything he's been doing with the acclaimed is awesome. And let's just keep that thing rolling. Cause I love the scissor me daddy ass, right? That's all I get. I, I mean, that's my, t- when he comes out, the pop he gets right now is incredible.
0: I thought it was a great start to the show. I liked the steel cage, jungle boy, Luchasaurus starting off the show. You got the blood right from the get-go. Uh, what do you make of them opening up the show? It's a sixth spot off the top of the cage from jungle boy with the elbow. I also like how AEW, you know, I I hate when WWE does the steel cage matches because I don't I don't like the exiting the cage. I especially don't like exiting the cage by the door. Uh with AEW, it's now this you got we're we're in a cage match, but it's still gonna end in the ring. So I dig that yeah. AEW does that. Great spot by Jungle Blow with the elbow off the top of the cage.
1: The spot was very cool, but I th- I I think he almost killed himself. Like he he almost like missed. And if you looked, we actually rewound it. If you if you look at him when he's like hugging his family, his ribs might be broken. Like he had a giant red gash on his ribs where he hit the table when he did the elbow.
0: Yeah, he didn't It, jump it, it looked enough.
1: cool. It, it looked cool. But man, it looked like he could have been hurt really bad. Those spots still scare me. Like there's no I don't care what you think about professional wrestling. Those spots are dangerous. And if you it, it just takes one little mess up to like you're done and it almost happened but it it turned out okay i love the i love the, the the camera work leaves a lot to be desired in adw but i do like the the shots of him standing on top of the cage uh at it during, when he was up there for the move and at the end where he's like celebrating i thought that looked really cool i think i think those two i love luchasaurus i've loved him from day 1 in AEW. i think he's awesome i and i think he it's seemingly accepts the idea that he'll never be a top guy in a company because he wears a dinosaur mask, Yep. but he is, he's a, he's a huge, he's can go in the ring. He's really talented. And as a heel, he's, he's, he's awesome. Um, I don't know what's going on with all that physio tape on his back. He needs to get that f- fixed, I guess. Cause he's got a guy. He's a, he's an unbeatable dinosaur with a ton of physio tape on, <laughs> but, uh, um, he he's cool and it sounds like uh from what uh Jack Perry was saying after the show he's done with those guys for now but when Christian's arms better he wants Christian again so uh, i would i'm good with that
0: i would admit to you uh so you can give me a quick synopsis i did not see any of Darby Allen and Sting against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett cuz i did not think it was going to be anything and i decided to go take a shower.
1: You're gonna have a seven hour show. Here's what else. you're gonna have a seven hour show. You're gonna have a tag team match that's not FTR, and you're gonna put this shit on the card. Ah, uh, you're right. I mean, what an what an awful awful like. You're right. Says Sting. Sting sixty three. Sting is sixty three years old. Why is Sting wrestling? Sting is sixty three years old. Why is he wrestling in jeans and a sweatshirt? Did he do, was
0: there a crazy sing spot? I mean, that's his thing. Yeah, he did.
1: I don't remember what it was, but he jumped off of something and it it was just like...
0: I think he jumped off the rail onto Jay Lethal. Like he, Yeah, that's what it was. In the crowd,
1: yeah. That's his thing now. Now, I will say this. Something great did come out of this. Shout out to my brother again. Satnam Singh, a.k.a. Greater Kali. Okay. (laughs) Um, That guy is actually pretty good yeah he, he doesn't is, look awkward when he huge. walks
0: around like he usually guys that are that big are a little awkward looking
1: he doesn't look awkward dude he had a spot where he just like brought like took darby allen like a child and just tossed him onto the onto the ramp it was he's pretty cool i like Saturn. saying is he ever gonna fight i, think, I don't know what the, i don't know what their plan is there but this was this was the perfect example in aw of Why, like, why in 2022 are Jeff Jarrett and Sting, why do I need to see this? Like, why do, even Jay Lethal, who I I actually think Jay Lethal is great, and he's had some classic moments in wrestling. He's old, like, for, for wrestling, like, he's kind of old. And this, like, you put older guys with younger guys to elevate them. Does Sting elevate Darby I Allen? I think Darby,
0: anyway? that's my big problem with that right now is I think Darby's being held back. Like, I'd like to see Darby do one-on-one matches and just be the focus beyond him. I think he's being held back.
1: Early days of AEW, it seemed like Darby, oh, Darby was, was like the- He was
0: a star, right? Like, I wasn't yeah. watching early days of AEW, but for, but I knew who Darby Allen was because everyone was talking about him.
1: But you know why that was? Because he was, he was in programs with guys like Cody and Jungle Bull. Boy. and Sammy Guevara and yeah. it was like these incredible one-on-one matches where it's like Darby will do anything I think he's he being still Doug, yeah but this whole sting thing it's just it's not great the match was a mess it was just from from the start Jeff Jarrett I did, did you know Jeff Jarrett's like the director of business development for yeah. AEW yeah by the way Jeff Jarrett, why is, he, Jeff, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett looked great by the way looked really he dope. did he did he, he looks good for fifty-five. Looks great, but I don't need him wrestling. I don't need him wrestling. I don't even need him on my screen. Like Jay Sanjay Dutt is a great mouthpiece. Jay Lethal is a great mouthpiece. They need Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, to but neither of them say slap
0: nuts. Come That's on, true. neither That's of them true. say slap nuts. All right, so let's move along here, Joey, to the to the TNT title. Now, to show you how confusing having all of these titles out there is to me, I had no idea leading up to the match. So you got Hobbs, Joe and Wardlow. I had no idea which title was on the line. I didn't know what title they were fighting for. You know, I didn't realize that Joe's title is not the one that's on the line. It's Wardlow's TNT title. Like I had I had no idea. So I found out that it was Wardlow's TNT title. Uh I I dug the finish. I I I liked the finish. I'm cool with Joe winning both those belts. Um I like Wardlow better, I guess, kind of in chase mode, you know, but I- I'm cool with Joe winning. I like the way he won. I mean, Wardlow is doing his thing, just destroying Hobbs. And and Joe comes in, he cracks him, and he gets the cheap pin. Like I I dug the finish.
1: I like I, I, liked- I love the match. I thought the match was incredible. Um I Wardlow, we talked about him. He's just a star, man. Star. The- and and the stuff he, he did off the top ropes in this match. I mean, yeah. crazy athleticism for a guy big his size. Big star. That being said, interestingly enough, Wardlow was the smallest guy in the match, which is crazy. But Joe has just ballooned up to the point where he's bigger. And Hobbs is a monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the match was great. The ending is fine. I guess it's fine. Like, I don't know that Samoa Joe needs two. T- why does he? So the I don't mind him having the TNT title. But to, to add to the confusion of the amount of titles, yeah. the other title that he has is the Ring of Honor television title, yeah. and that's a title that I believe the existence of a television title is to always defend it on television. And he but never Ring does. Of Honor, but Ring of Honor doesn't have a television show, right? So why does? So just get rid of the title. Just get so, rid of that. title. So
0: we're gonna get. I mean, we're, we're clearly this is not over. We we got a, a full on Wardlow Samoa Joe feud, and like I'm here for that. That's gonna be fun.
1: Yes, and I think it was interesting. Also, at the end of the match, uh, Hobbs and yeah. uh, Wardlow gave each other a little nod, yeah. like thing in the ring. So maybe they maybe they team up against Joe because Joe cheated with the belt and that. So maybe the, Hobbs is great. Ho, Hobbs, is, Hobbs, and uh, Wardlow are are. I mean, they're arguably two of the best homegrown talents that this company has created. Like you know, MJF is is the guy. But MJF was pretty big on the indies before AEW. Like these two guys, Wardlow and Hobbs, I don't think I ever even remotely heard of them before they were in this company. And I think we know Wardlow has huge superstar potential, but I think Hobbs also has huge superstar potential. He is really, really good.
0: Yeah, I don't think Hobbs had much of a wrestling background. Uh, Wardlow, I knew who he was from the independent scene. Okay. Now that, does, that doesn't mean that he was big, but I knew who he was. Uh, Hobbs, yeah, I, I think Hobbs is essentially like a guy that they found.
1: He's from, he's from the factory, right? Did he did he train at the factory I, like the Cody Rhodes and C. T. Right, Marshall? I, I don't,
0: uh, I don't, I don't know, but he's he's like a guy they found. I don't think he has very he has a, an extensive background in pro wrestling, which just shows you
1: how good he is. So I I agree. We're definitely, I I definitely don't think the Joe and Wardlow thing is done, but it could be done because there's a very built in. First of all, the crowd loves Wardlow. They love Wardlow and it's very built in feud with MJF.
0: Well, that was the first thing I thought of where it's like, okay, are they taking the title off of Wardlow because they're going to elevate him into the bigger title
1: picture? It's possible. Now, I will say, and we'll we'll talk about it briefly at the end because it doesn't need a ton of time. We do actually know, well, potentially who MJF will be fighting next because there is a number one contenders match on Dynamite uh, this week. Um, But anyways, but I don't think that's going to be like a long term thing. I think that's probably a one. And who is that? It's Ricky
0: Starks and Ethan Page. Is that what we got now? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we we'll talk about briefly the pre-show, but yeah, Ricky Starks won his match against Brian Cage, so now it's Ethan Page and Ricky Starks on Dynamite for who will fight uh, MJF at Winter Is Coming. I think is the name. Well, of so the game, we right? gotta
0: we gotta figure it's gonna be Ricky Starks. I mean, they're gonna throw him a baby face and a baby face. The crowd's
1: really behind these days. He yeah, but man, I, well let's let, let we do. You want to talk about that now because. I mean, unless you have anything else on the TNT match. no, um, I don't. But other than shout out to Big E, because that match was just Big Meaty men slapping meat, right? I mean, that's what that <laughs> match was. And you, you can't you can't have you can't have too much of that. A hoss fight and big I meaty. I love men a good hoss fight. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know what's gonna happen with Ricky Starks and Ethan Page because they're both awesome. Like they're both great and they both could be elevated like Ricky Starks. There's something about Ricky Starks. He gives me like really young, like, like Dwayne Johnson, like Ricky Starks,
0: Ricky Starks is having a good, he's got good momentum right now. He's had this good momentum for a little bit. I think, I think Ricky Starks is the number one contender after this week.
1: Yeah. But Ethan page is great. I, and I think I'm glad he's getting some type of push here because when he, when they brought him in, I thought he was immediately going to be elevated towards the top because he's really good and he's a great heel. And the stuff that he was doing with Dan Lambert from American Top Team, him and Scorpio Sky, the, the, uh, what I forgot what their name or their tag team was. Like but the that, best thought, men,
0: is that what they were called?
1: Yeah. The, yeah. Something like that. It was like best men or whatever. It was really good. I think Ethan Page is really good. So I could see it going either way. But yes, it makes more sense for Ricky Starks because, they need mjf to be the speaking of which ricky starks is a ricky starks is a great heel too if i could just say something
0: really quick it's just popping into my head where the hell is miro man
1: is he hurt the last note by the way the last note in my notes where's miro where's 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 Miro, man where's like where, where are these guys it, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we know where FTR is. They're they have like eight hundred titles right now, so they're defending everywhere. And we know House of Black, alistair Black took his little yeah. thing, and they're coming back. But where Miro, the hell is no Miro, idea. man? Yeah, all right. That was one of the more exciting acquisitions they had because he's. I mean, he was, he good, yep. he's so good, man. Yep, so good. By far
0: the most. By far, I've had a lot of pro wrestlers on my show. By far, uh, my most awkward interview was Miro. Why? <laughs> Why? Because, you know, I, I love talking to the wrestlers and I have great relationship with AEW and WWE. And and I had Miro on. This is like, I don't know, probably a year ago. And he just, he did the whole, he did the whole spot with me as Miro. You know, like there was mm. no... In there gimmick. Was, he was in gimmick. He was totally in, he was in Miro mode. And so... I did get a really good quote out of him, which made all the rags, you know. But other than that one quote I got out of him, I couldn't get anything out of him because he was just he was full on Miro, and I I couldn't get behind the scenes on anything. So that was kind of that was a tough spot to do with Miro. I want to hit on real quick here. What my and we'll we'll wrap it with the elite because that's you know probably the second biggest story of the night. But my favorite part of the night was Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader winning the title over Tony Storm. Uh, I like Tony Storm NXT a lot. Tony Storm AEW hasn't been doing a whole lot for me. I mean, just not a whole lot for me. And I like the organic momentum that Jamie Hader has built. I like everyone being behind her. Uh, I think she is fantastic. And I thought the match was really good. I can't believe how many false finishes there were. I just I was, I was oh oh like like for the last 5 minutes of the match and I actually cheered when she ended up winning when she got the pin it was really I thought it was the best moment of the night I really dug it
1: yeah I I thought it ended up being a, a great match the first like 10 minutes though was like a little slow it took a, it took a while um they just they, for some reason it felt like they didn't have like they weren't really in sync in the beginning Um, But like right around when when Rebel or whatever, Reba Rebel, right around when she came out, like it really it seemed to really pick up and the match got great. And it ended up being with all the false finishes and all that stuff. I love it. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on Tony Storm. And I again, I think part of the issue is the constantly bringing in these people that you think is going to get you this big reaction. And they brought Tony Storm in as this like conquering hero of the women's division that is like this big star that everybody's supposed to be super behind, and they didn't give her a chance to like just build up in AEW. Right. They immediately brought her in to just be a star, and sh- she's not yet in this company, and yeah. so it's hard to get behind her because she just her she never even had a chance to find her footing in the company. I they agree. Just put they put an interim title on her, which again interim titles are stupid. Even in the post in the post scrum, Tony Khan said, "I'm still evaluating the Thunder Roses situation." <laughs> Dude, w- evaluating what?
0: Yeah, interim about, interim it's it's a right? fake title. There's nothing to evaluate. Just do whatever. All right, there's nothing to evaluate. Yeah.
1: yeah, interim titles are dumb. But anyways, yeah, they put the interim title on on her, and it was hard to get behind her. Whereas on the complete opposite side, you have Jamie Hayter, yeah, who's been crushing it, and I'm they built her they've built her into what she is. And that's why you get behind her because she's been doing great work in this company for a while now. And now she's, now she's deserve getting what she deserves. And now
0: you got that dynamic of Jamie Hader having the belt right next to Brit. You know, Brit wants that belt. You you got a whole built in storyline, which they've been teasing for like a year anyway. Uh, So I, 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 that was my favorite part of the night was Jamie Hader winning for me at that point. It's like, all right, I enjoyed this show. I got something really cool out of it.
1: Yeah, it ended up. It. Ended up, I was a little nervous that we we're just gonna have three women's match that were kind of duds, but that k- redeemed it. Yeah, uh, the it ending good. of that match in the way it went down definitely redeemed it. I thought it was interesting that Britt. You know, obviously when Britt comes out, it becomes bigger and the crowd gets behind it because they love Britt and it's it is it will be interesting to see where how it plays out in yep. terms of them out on eventually turning on each other because Britt was like all in on her winning and celebrating and they were they seemed cohesive to end it so we'll see where how they eventually turn it cuz that's that's got to be where it's headed
0: uh, it's definitely where it's headed they've been teasing it for long enough yes. and and finally here second match of the night the elite and death triangle the Elite come out. I was, I mean, I know it's the Elite and it's not the Young Bucks. I was kind of bummed with the entrance. You know, they came out to Kansas' carry on my wayward son. All right. Uh, I wanted to hear Super Kick Party. Yeah. It's been two months. I like, I was a little bit bummed that we didn't get Super Kick Party, but the crowd loves them. They were super pumped. Kenny Omega looked like a million bucks. He, he looked yoked. Great.
1: He is absolutely yoked like he, he is jacked up right now.
0: Great. Yeah. And the match was fun. I thought the Elite were a lock to win the match, so that was a nice surprise that that triangle won because I I like just continuing to guess what they're going to do with those guys.
1: Yeah, I think it's the Wayward Sons thing is interesting. I think there's something tied in there. I think there's something with their new personality or gimmick that wayward son is something that the and they were the sing- Buc- they
0: were all three of them singing the lyrics the whole time or way into it
1: yeah there's there's something there i because th- i think i read uh, a while back that the bucks or aw tr- may have may have trademarked something around wayward sons or something like that so i don't know if that's going to be tied into their gimmick now um tony khan did i think mentioned afterwards that they will keep using that so maybe that's just their music as a trio. Yeah, I think um, so. Um but I actually think it's cool that Tony Khan th- this is one thing I do think is pretty cool with Tony Khan that he's willing to pay the money for the rights for these wrestlers to have actual like songs. Right. That you know it's pretty cool. Um like Jungle Boy has uh like an actual song Orange yeah. Cassidy. Yep. So I think that's cool. Um the match was awesome. We've said it at the beginning, I'll say it now. The Elite shows up it's just bigger. It's just a bigger event. It's a bigger show. It means more. The whole thing means more when they're there. They created the company. They are p- the they are the staples of the company, and they're the best. I mean, they're just so damn good. And their chemistry from day one with the Lucha Bros and Pac.
0: Oh, the Young just- Bucks versus Lucha Bros. I forget which pay-per-view it was. It may have been this one one year ago. But the steel cage match they had with Lucha Bros, where Lucha Bros took the titles off them. You had the sneaker with the spikes underneath it. And oh, yeah. I, hmm. that's, I mean, that might be my favorite AEW match. You know?
1: So. I know what my favorite AEW match is. I can actually tell you. It was a tag match. Um, and it was the Young Bucks. But it was the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Which I think, at Revolution, a few years ago. That's early on. I, which I actually think if you go back and watch it might be the best tag match in the history of tag matches. Like genuinely it was from start to finish. One of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, anytime, I mean, even going back to all in before AEW was a company um, they did the golden elite, which was Kota, Bushi and the bucks versus Ray Phoenix, Bandito and Ray Mysterio. And then you had Kenny Omega versus uh, Penta. It, on that card too. So they've. Th- this is even before AW as a company. These guys have all been sort of linked to each other. You had the. You even had. You had Pac and Kenny Omega had their singles feud for a little bit, which they had an Iron Man match that was incredible. Like these guys. And and did you see? They announced on the show now that this is a best of seven series. Right. Oh my weird. God.
0: thats I mean, it, this is going to stretch for, for like what a couple months we're doing this now, which all right, but that's hard, man. You're going to have to find seven because you would assume it's code seven. You're going to have to find seven different ways to tell that match. Like these yeah. guys are going to be tested here, man. I liked the end. I liked the whole dynamic of pack trying to convince Ray Fenix that he did the right thing. Yeah that this is what you need to do. See, like, this is how you, I, I like that dynamic.
1: And it's also interesting that Penta, it, like that Penta seems to be on POC He's already side of bought this, in. Where it's like, yeah. he's like, look, like this is what this is what we need to do. And I like that. So, but, but again, like in, in seven matches, how many times can a team win or lose based on the fact that there's a conflicted guy and he doesn't know if he wants to cheat? Because obviously that's going to be part of it on at least a couple of the matches.
0: Yeah, like, are they going to only win every time when they're cheating and it's going to get to the last match? It's like, hey, if you cheat right now, we're going to win the best of seven. If you don't, we may not win. Like, that could be the
1: story they're telling here. Well, I, if I had to guess how this all culminates, it's the seventh match, uh, you know, Ray Phoenix doesn't cheat, and then they lose, and then Death Triangle breaks up. I mean, it just seems like that's sort of the natural arc of where this is going, uh, and then, you know, the the, the elite get the, the the trios titles that basically were created for them in the first place. Uh, well, but- that
0: makes a lot more sense. See, that's why I thought the elite were a lock to win last night. It's their titles. It's yeah. their titles. But OK, we're doing a best of seven here. All right. Yeah.
1: So, so it's already one nothing. Yes, okay. I believe when they showed the graphic, it said one oh. So okay. I, I believe, but we didn't that. know
0: that until afterward, right?
1: Nope, nope. And this, a is, weird again, way this is again, this is another story. <laughs> it's another thing that AEW does, where it's just like all, out of nowhere, they're they're just like this thing is happening. That's and weird. Like, what? What? That's and weird. When they announced it, it was weird. It was just the timing was strange. Um, but I mean, I guess it's it could be cool. It's such a long term thing, like seven matches. So, so the elite
0: win the next match. They're not the champions.
1: No. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I guess that's a good question because this was for the oh, titles,
0: right? Which, which is what makes it even weirder that, like, if we knew it going in, we would know that. Well, it, I guess if we knew it going in, the elite could have won yesterday, but they're not the champions. But doing it like this kept that air of mystery: who's going to win? And now we know it's a best of seven, so it's not going to be awarded till after the series. Yeah, like the elite can win next match; kinda- they're not the champions.
1: Isn't it? But is yeah. Isn't it also kind of weird to have a best of seven for titles that that a team already has? Like, wouldn't it be make more sense if there no one had the titles and they were doing a best of seven for the titles? Like, Eh, it could be either
0: way. I don't have a problem with that
1: part. It's 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 don't yeah. It's just a strange thing. But you know, you get seven matches with these six guys, so that's that's going to be fun. I would say the I would say
0: the one thing that's weird about it is if you're the challenger, which is the elite. You know, in a regular scenario. If you beat the champs, you get the belts. The elite have to beat them four times to get the belts. Yeah,
1: yeah. I could see a situation where um, they go up 3-0, where Death Triangle goes up 3-0 from cheating. I think
0: that's what they did with Sheamus and, and Cesaro. They did a best of seven many years ago. And I think Sheamus was up 3-0 and Cesaro came back. I think that's what they
1: did. Yeah. And I could see where it's like they cheat to win the first three. And then now Ray Phoenix is like, like, Hey, we don't need to cheat to win. Let's just get it clean. And then they keep, and then the elite just keep winning. I I don't know. But, uh, and I could also see maybe like some kind of gimmick for the, the final match, like a cage or like something where it's not just like a traditional six-man every single time. Now, know.
0: now, what we before we wrap up here, what we can't wrap up this discussion without acknowledging that very early on in the match, the crowd is chanting, Foxy and Punk. Yes, yes. Now, I'll, I'll, let me tell you something. That was awesome. I yeah. loved that. You know, because, it, 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 you know, whether you had MJF who's telling you, or it's Jericho who's telling you, or Moxley who's telling you, the crowd knows that this... This or this, you know, company, this startup company that has grown to what it is right now, and we love it, and we're there from the beginning, and it, it's, it doesn't take a genius to know that you had an outsider come in, and it was a lot of fun watching that the return was a lot of fun, but you had an outsider come in and really, and really f things up, you know. And as a result of this guy, we haven't been able to see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks for for a couple months now. Like, it's so obvious they don't need CM Punk. It was fun, great, good memories. Get the hell out of here. I don't need to see you again. Like, you you screwed it up, Punk. Get out of here, man. So I, I like that the crowd is fully on board with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Revolution when he debuted, and it was a very cool moment. But almost instantly when he started talking, I was like, I don't need it. So, because like, because part of it, the the part of the issue with Punk when he was there was, Punk the greatness of Punk in WWE on his true like great run was he was anti-establishment. Yeah, like he was against the he's the little guy against the against the bosses, the pipe bomb, all of that. That's what made him great. He came into AEW and he was just a company guy. I don't need Sam Punk company guy. Like he's so it stunk. Like, cool that he showed up. Great. And then almost immediately, it was like not that interesting. Um, and then he, yeah, like you said, he he caught co- he cost us, you know, however long it was of of three of the best wrestlers in the world not wrestling. Um, and also, and the
0: whole thing with Hangman. I mean, like, who the, who the hell has something bad to say about Hangman? You know, seems
1: like he seems like genuinely like the one of the nicest guys. in like, period, he just seems like a nice dude. Yeah,
0: he's a out high of school. Here. Te- guys, yeah,
1: he was a high school teacher. Yeah, get um, them out of here. Uh, I will say like with the belts, if the elite never get the belts, I actually wouldn't have a huge problem with it. I-, I think there's different scenarios with belts. Like sometimes the belts are should be elevating the person holding the belt. Sometimes the person elevates the belt. Like right now, Rollins elevates the U.S. title. Right now, Jericho elevates the Ring of Honor title. Um, I don't think the belts would elevate the elite, and I don't think the elite would necessarily elevate these belts. I'd prefer I Kenny Omega. With a solo run. I'd prefer it on his own. Um, And the elite are just, they're great. Like certain people don't necessarily need a title to be as great as they are. And the the Bucks are always, call them champions, don't call them champions. The Bucks and Kenny Omega are always going to get a massive pop. They're always going to put on great shows. And every match they put on is always important. So if they don't ever get these trios titles, eh, whatever. I mean, it's fine.
0: You got a couple bones to pick before we get out of here today?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes. I have two. Uh, and, and it, it kind of just goes along with the time of the, the, how long the show was. Right. So the pre-show was an absolute joke. I
0: didn't watch any of the pre-show cause I, I know okay. it's going to be a, first of all, I was out, I was at the Panthers game yesterday, but I, it, it didn't matter because I, I, I got to bide my time where right. I know this is going to be a long show. I don't, I could shave off an hour right off the bat.
1: Yeah. So you had three matches on the pre-show. Okay. You have. The the, the the Ricky Starks, Brian Cage semifinal match in the Eliminator tournament is fine. Good. It's it makes you, you got to do it eventually. It's not a doesn't but it's not necessarily a pay-per-view match, right? The the finals of the tournament is not on the pay-per-view. It's on Dynamite. So why is the semifinal on there? And Good if point. you're going to have that singles match, just put you can just put it on the main card and give them 10 minutes. And I mean, the cards already five, six hours. So you don't need that there. But that match is fine. Then we got a, a five, a 10 10 man tag with the uh best friends and Cassidy and Danhausen. Dan Orange Cassidy and Rocky Romero, who t- shows up whenever he feels like it, and then Danhausen uh against the factory, who no one gives a shit about. And who never uh, win. Right. And they don't do. I mean, <laughs> a couple of those guys look like they could be pretty good, but with QT Marshall, who I don't mind also as their they're just they're nothing, right? So this match doesn't need to be there. Uh, I, I think the match, was. I, I honestly think that match was just about
0: showing that Dan Housen is going to start bringing out another side of, I think that was the whole point of that match.
1: Yeah. Uh, and he came I, out with a jar of teeth. Yeah. I don't know the jar of teeth. Give me just, that. that's I just, that's just his thing.
0: Yeah. On the indie scene, like he, he always came out with a jar of teeth, which he claims, uh, he's extracted from his, you know, from his victims. Uh, yeah, he comes out with a disgusting, <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. He comes out with a disgusting jar of teeth. And so he's showing yeah, and he you poured it in Nick Camerato's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Something. That's, I yep. That's, that's his thing. It. Yep. That's his thing. He, yeah. yeah. So okay. I, I like that. He's bringing out the evil side of very nice, very even. I'm a, I'm a big Dan housing guy. Uh, yeah. It seems that when he took the pile driver on the steel steps last week, that that kind of, uh that has brought out the voice in his head that he said he thought was gone. And And now he can come and win some matches because he doesn't win any matches. That's just very nice, Dan Dan Housen. So now I think he's going to do some cool shit because I've seen Dan Housen on the indie scene. Dude can go. Uh, So I think this is going to be fun now.
1: Yeah, I, I fair enough. And I, I don't know much about Danhausen, so but he is an he's he's interesting. And you need gimmicks in wrestling; it can't all just always be serious. So you need it. How about him in the back when
0: Jericho and Hager are asking Cassidy what's in the bag, and Danhausen is dressed in a suit? And, I'll allow it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, him and Orange Cassidy's relationship is interesting. I'm. Um, I love Orange Cassidy, but I I just is it is it. Is it losing steam is my question with, with Orange Cassidy, like his whole it. gimmick. I'm good what? with it. you good with it? Okay. Yeah. I just think the whole best friends, Or it just seems like that whole group has become like a huge joke. Um, I don't know. I Because I think Trent is awesome, and I think he could be really good on his own. Uh, but he just, I don't know, whatever. That match didn't need to be on the card. Okay. Then the biggest, really arguably the biggest disaster of the whole night, even more of a disaster than the Sting match, Eddie Kingston versus Jun Akiyama. Yeah, what happened Eddie? there? So, this is another. This is one of those things where, who do you? If I say Jun Akiyama to you, do you, do you know who no, that is? No. You have any idea who that is? No. Um, okay. So the only context I got of why this match is happening is Eddie Kingston cutting a promo saying that he watched Jun Akiyama when he was younger and that you know influenced him. That's it. If The announcers, I apologize to the announcers right now if they gave more context. I still don't know who Jun Akiyama is. And I don't know why that match was important. They did not set the table well enough. And Eddie Kingston had like a mental breakdown after the match. It was obviously partially in character, partially not. But it was, there was way too much time of him like, Crying in the ring. I don't know because, if there's such thing
0: as Eddie Kingston in character. I think it's just Eddie Kingston, dude.
1: I don't think there's but, a character. Okay, so it's like minutes of him emotionally crying in the ring because of what? Because he, because he beat a guy that he watched 20 years ago. Oh, okay, and then I'm, I, I, I guess my assumption is they ended the match too early, <laughs> and then they just gave a microphone to Eddie Kingston, and he's just like, he's just like, how much time do I have? And he just starts saying shit. He's like thanking people. He's like, "Jamie Hayter's gonna kick someone's ass tonight." And he, he Britt Baker's fighting tonight. Ugh, John Moxley's. Gonna he kick was selling so the pay per view, but why? Like, it was just so poorly done. Just get rid of the pre show. This at this point, just get rid of the pre show. And that leads me to my 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 real bone to pick with the whole thing is this whole show. Maybe to me would could be like close to being an A if they would just invest some money in this, in the announced team. They throw all this money at all these guys coming from WWE. You don't like Excalibur? Excalibur is fine. I think Excalibur's Excalibur is
0: very good. I'm surprised with how, with, Exc-
1: with how good I think he is. He's, 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 he's good. Be, he's good with calling matches. Yeah. He's good at calling matches. He knows that he, he but Shivani's a lead. Excalibur is a lead. Jim, Jim Ross is a lead. Is a lead. Yeah. Taz is, is uh, get Taz off. Taz was great once. It feels like all they do now is Tony Schiavone and Taz are just like cracking jokes on each other instead of like calling the match. And no one is like, like this is the thing with Cole, right? Every moment feels big with Cole because he sets the table of why it's important and he reacts like it's the most important thing that ever happened. When MJF won last night, I didn't feel like the future of the company won. That's I just felt point. like I felt like another guy won a title and then almost immediately they were promoing dynamite. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. You're on pay-per-view. Why point. are we why why does MJF win a title and then immediately we're promoing what's gonna happen on Wednesday? Yeah,
0: I don't remember. There's no you know, that was the heist of the century. Like there there's I don't I don't I can't remember, you know what the call was there
1: should have been a big call yes when it was won. a moment for that company yeah like, this has been back to all in when mjf fought against i don't even remember who he fought but he lost it all in but um like this has been le- they've been leading to this like yeah MJF, there could have
0: been some of the you know the the devil has returned
1: you know like something they, there should have been something but and but they do it for, it's it's like it seems like it's every big match they don't seem as big because the announcers just are, I, I think for look, Jim has Ross, Regal
0: aligned himself with the devil. Something yeah. Like that.
1: Like, yeah. But like, look, Jim Ross is a, is he's the goat. And arguably, I mean, I think Cole is the goat, but look, you don't need to
0: sugarcoat it. We all know what you're about to say. Come on, but he's, he's
1: lost it. He's lost it, man. He just doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. And he doesn't connect anymore. And he just says random old man stuff. Uh, Shivani's, Oh, it's fine, but Shivani's chavani's up there. Like the perfect example is I was reading uh, an interview, Tom Hannafin, who yeah. formerly what Tom was he? Phillips. Tom Phillips? Tom Phillips in in WWE was discussing how he loves calling uh, Impact matches with Aiden English, who now goes by another name. But uh, you know, Aiden English, who was in WWE, when those guys left WWE, why why, why didn't you go get them? Like, bring in some energy. Jimmy Smith, who just got booted from Raw, who I thought was great on Raw. Like, bring him in. Like, change it up. Like, I know, I think part of it is Tony Khan is, like, really loyal to these guys because they've been there since the beginning. Yeah. But I just don't think the announced team, it works anymore. So, like, Excalibur, I, I I agree. Excalibur is really good. I think he's good. But But there's too much, like, like, back and forth during matches where, like, someone flubs and then they're just talking about how that guy messed up. And it's like, I get it. That's entertaining every now and then. But I I just, there's so many times where I don't feel like I know the context, particularly when these New Japan guys, DDT, Pro Wrestling Noah, Pro Wrestling Joshi, like these people come in and they treat it a lot of times to me, at least it seems, as if we're supposed to know who this guy is. And, and, And that's a problem I have with. Almost all of their announcing is that even if you even I know AEW fans are hardcore and I follow AEW, but I'm pretty it, hardcore and I don't know who a lot of
0: these guys are if you don't tell me.
1: Yeah, it just set the table for why these matches are important or why it's important that this person's here. Yeah, Renee Young does a backstage interview with some guy from I think from New Japan or where who's now in AEW okay, cool. He's a, he's an AEW, but why is it important that he's an AEW? Tell me something about this guy that makes me care that he's here. If not, then just keep building the guys that you already have. Cause they, you have great talent on the That's roster. Fair point. You know, That's a fair they point. just don't do it. I just, they don't do a great job of it and it hurts the product. Like it just makes it seem less important. And if you're only gonna have four pay-per-views a year, every moment of the pay-per-view should be important. Joey,
0: this was a fun weekend, man. Yesterday. Yeah. I thought we did a good show. Recap it. If you're, Listening right now, you could you know, yesterday's not dated. We recapped the entire previous week and uh and we give you a bonus episode this week with reaction to AEW full gear. So I think we got a fun week here coming up because not only we're we gonna get the uh the fallout on Wednesday for full gear, but starting tomorrow night, we got the last Raw before Survivor Series War Games. This is a big week in pro wrestling,
1: man. Yeah, so that means we got another two episode weekend next weekend.
0: Yes. And it's Saturday night, I believe, War Games, right? So we can do the Saturday. same drill Saturday, Sunday. Perfect. Yes, sir. Love it. Yep. Uh excellent job here, Joey, man. We'll, uh this was fun and we'll do it again next weekend, yeah? Yep. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right, so everyone, make sure make sure you tune into Zazlow Show two tomorrow. And otherwise it's still real to me. We'll talk to you next Saturday. You know what that means. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry. They specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.